Yo, 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 welcome back to, to Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, T. Hart. This week's episode, we will get into the first round of the NBA playoff. And I must say, so far, so good. If only the NBA can figure out how to shorten their regular season and get to the playoffs, because that's, man, it's good. It's, it's keeping my attention. It's just the first round. I don't know about you guys, but it's keeping my attention. And when I say that, if they can figure out how to shorten the season, they start the games, they start their training camp in around October. The first games are the first week of November. And so they play 82-game regular season schedule. But if you watch the games before Christmas, it's really football is ramping up. College football is getting ready for their bowl season. And the players don't seem like they're into it. They take a lot of breaks as far as the stars. It just it don't feel right. And people that are hip-hop heads, I'm excuse me, I'm about hip-hop, my bad. Basketball heads that understand basketball, they don't even, myself, I don't even start really watching basketball until after the All-Star break. That's when they really start jockeying for position, and you, you can see that they're taking it serious. And now we're seeing the fruits of all that. After the All-Star break, these guys are showing out. In particular, the young guys. Man, it's just, I've been amazed at watching the young guys. But just to give a rundown, where we at as I'm recording this, this is an updated up until um, Thursday or Friday, April 22nd, or so, or so, something like that. Um, Philly, in a great game against Toronto, um, Toronto is shorthanded. Philly's up 3-0 three, three, in that series. Milwaukee and Chicago, which was a great game. I watched that. Um, they Milwaukee, I mean, excuse me. Chicago was actually able to come back and tie the series. And so now that's 1-1 one one in that series. And that's, that's huge uh, to steal a game off of the defending world champion home floor. Not to mention the Bucks had beat the Delgon Bulls six straight times this year, so it was time to win one. Um, the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz have split. I mean, Mavs, you know, they lose Luka early before the during the last minute of the last game of the season with a calf strain, and he hadn't been able to play. And the Jazz came in Dallas and stole game one, but I think Jalen Brunson came back in game two with 41 points. I mean, I don't expect them to do nothing like that again. But, man, that's, anyway, that's, that's series is tied one-to-one. Um, the Phoenix Suns and the, and the Pelicans. The Pelicans, they don't get a lot of TV time. But, man, they coach Willie Green, who coached under um, the coach for Phoenix, Monday Williams. And he also, before that, he coached under Tyron Lue. So with his and he's a former point guard in the NBA. So with his knowledge, man, he's turned out to be a pretty good coach. And Brandon Ingram and the young guys that they got, Herb Jones out of Alabama, never never saw this coming. Man, uh, that CJ McCollum trade that New Orleans picked up seemed to be maybe a sneaky big move because it gives them that consistent score that they needed and let Brandon Ingram just be the guy. And Zion Wilson might be the odd man out on that team now. 
but they stole a game from the Suns, and as usual, it's always the Suns or anything surrounding Chris Paul, the snake bit. Devin Booker was going off the other night. He was in pay, on pace for a 60-point game. He scored 30 points in the first half, 31 to be exact, but he came up limp with a hamstring injury. Uh, right now, they call it a strain. It's nothing too severe that rest won't cure, but he didn't play at all in the second half, and New Orleans was able to steal that game. Bring it, Brandon Ingram hit him for like 38 points. And so that series is tied, and it's on its way to New Orleans. That's that's an interesting series now. Um, Minnesota Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. Man, that was that, I'm excited about that series because the Timberwolves is another the young team, kind of like New Orleans, that don't get a lot of TV time. But now that they're getting the exposure, man, that's a quality squad. That Anthony Edwards is a beast. Um, you know, Big Cat, Carl Anthony Towns does real good. D'Angelo Russell, you know, he's been good since he went to Ohio State. He just he can't find a team to stick with. But they got a pretty good nucleus out there. Uh, I'm liking what I've seen out of Minnesota. Um, Golden State Warriors, oh, boy, and the Denver Nuggets, they're up 2-0 in that series. Golden State looking really scary right now. And then you're talking about a young, adding young talent. Well, with that Jordan Poole, and they got Kominga, and they got Gary Payton II. Man, they got a versatile lineup. Steph looks healthy. Clay is coming back to form. Draymond looks healthy. Man, they're going to be a tough out in that West. I don't know. Keep your eye on Golden State. Um, Miami Heat and Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks got kind of dealt the crappy hand because they had to play the play-in tournament. Then they had to get on the road. And what I mean by that is they played on a, like a, a Wednesday. Then they had a Thursday. They had to travel uh, to Miami. And they played the game Friday night or something. So, you know, Miami uh, did good. They held home court. but Jimmy Butler went off in the second game. I'm just interested to see what the, what it's going to look like when they get back to Atlanta and they get back to their home gym and get a little rest. Um, the series that everybody's talking about, Boston Celtics against the Brooklyn Nets, and the Celtics up 2-0. Another, another game I got to watch. Man, just looking at the teams, I don't know. Boston looks really good, uh, the coaching. Udoka, Udoka, I, I, can't, I don't know, I can't pronounce his name. He came from the San Antonio tree. He's doing real well coaching that team. The defense is on point. And, I mean, Jason Tatum we know about. Um, Jalen Brown, man. Man, that dude, he's, he's, he's legit. They got a team that is scrappy, and they believe in defense. And Brooklyn... They got just a, a bunch of names. Like, I heard Kenny Smith say this. He said, uh, bring your game, not your name. And that's what it looks like, man. In the second half of the game tonight, did you know that the Kyrie and – well, I'll just say this. They were one for 17, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant combined for 37 points for the game. That's crazy. And then the final score was – 114 to 107, but 
one of the weird thing is total field goals. The Celtics were 39 for 75. And Brooklyn was 35 for 76. So that means they made, they out of the 76 shots they took, they made 35. And out of the 75 the Celtics took, they made 39. Four shots made. And there go the point difference right there, 114 to 107. I, I don't know, man. I, I want to dig into it a little bit. But Kevin Durant and people always giving him the narrative he's the best player in the world. And he may be. But ask yourself, what has he done for you in the playoffs? What has he really done for you in the playoffs? Um, He left Oklahoma State after they went to game six or seven with the Golden State Warriors, and he joined the Golden State Warriors, the team that won the championship prior to eliminate him at the playoff. He joined them, and I'm bringing all this up. They didn't need his services. It was like he was needed. Um, they got it. He got his rings. Yay, yay. But now it's time for him to be the man. Is Kevin Durant the man? Like we seen Giannis step up last year and be the man and improve his game to where everybody knows the ball is coming to him and he don't wilt under pressure. A la Kobe, a la Michael Jordan, these guys. Even I'll give LeBron praise in his prime, you know. Um, I don't know. We heap all this praise on Kevin Durant, but I mean, really and truly, what has he delivered? It's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers, you know. Everybody's a bad man, as the famous people say. But what has he delivered? You know, what has he delivered? He's all show and no go, and that's what I see with Kevin Durant. He's all show and no go. Um, you just hear people laud over his talent, his skill set. Nobody can block his shot. I seen Jason Tatum block his shot tonight. I seen him fumble the dribble. Several several turnovers. I've seen all that out of Kevin Durant. I just, I don't know, I'm not that impressed with Kevin Durant and these super teams, so to speak. They're just not really coming together well. Um, But the storyline of the playoffs, it may end up being injuries. I mean, if you look at it, um, and I don't know what to say about Ben Simmons. I mean, we don't know what, he, what we're going to get out of him. I mean. If they need a defender, they talking about game four, earliest easy returns for the Nets, so that may work out. Keep your eye on the Milwaukee thing with Chris Middleton. He went down in the fourth quarter with a left knee sprain. Um, right now, they they call it, that's what it's officially called, a MCL knee sprain. So uh, further evaluation tomorrow and get an update on that. Bobby Portis also in that game went down with a scratched eye. It actually drew blood. I saw that play when it happened. And he didn't return. Um, I told you about David Booker. He got a half a hamstring uh, strain, so he may not. They saying it's very doubtful he played game three and four. So look at that door opening up for New Orleans right there. Uh, Luca did practice today, which is Wednesday. So he did practice. So it's very possible that he play if not. Uh, game three, but he's probably going to play in game four, but he was a full participant in practice. So just keep your eye out on these um, on these injuries. They're, they may they start to occur, and it may flip a series on his head. You just never know. But um, right now, it's exhilarating, man. I'm, I'm still 
thinking Milwaukee gonna come out the East. I can't. I call for the Suns, but after looking at doggone Golden State, man, I don't know. I can't switch. But golly, that is man. Excuse me. That is something else. That's something to think about. But I mean, I still think Milwaukee gonna come out. They needed that blemish on their records to get them fired up. So now here we go. Depending on if Chris Middleton come back, but um. I don't know, guys. Just tell me what you think. That's fspeaking04 at gmail.com. fspeaking04 at gmail.com. Also, I want to touch on the young guys, man. Man, uh, Tyrese Maxey for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, everybody on the New Orleans Pelicans just about, except for Ingram and McCullum. All those guys are young. That Jordan Poole, like I brought up, for um, Golden State, Memphis Grizzlies young team, Minnesota Timberwolves young team, man, the young guns are really they really there, and they they stepping up. If you think about it, the the game is in a good spot going forward because we got a lot of young athletes, man, that are stepping up to the plate and taking the challenge, man. Jason Tatum is not twenty five yet, and everybody I pretty much named earlier. Not even 25. Giannis is just 27. Hell, I mean, these guys that hadn't even reached their prime, or they on the, they're just in the edge of their prime right now. And that's where Giannis is. He's about, about ready to slide into his prime between that age of 28 to 33, somewhere in there. But it's crazy, man. It is crazy. And you're looking at these older guys, and I say older, but Duran and LeBron and uh, Chris Paul, all these guys, man. They they done it. Carmelo and even Westbrook, you know these they they they've done what they could do. They carried the league well. People you know lauded over them. But it's time to move over for the young guys because the young guys are here. They are here. And if you don't believe me, just watch this year's edition of the playoffs, especially this first round while while everybody's in it. You'll be amazed and impressed of how the, how the young guys are stepping up in these pressure-packed situations and hitting these threes and defending. It's just the skill set and the bravado is off the charts, man. You know, why didn't you mention John Moran? He goes without saying, but uh, uh, it's just unbelievable. It's so many, you can't hardly name them. That's that's how good the league is right now. Uh, Devin Booker's one of them. I mean, it's just unbelievable the skill set that these guys have. So keep an eye on these young guys, and I wonder if, the death of the super teams are here. No more super teams. You know, let the let the general manager be the general manager, and you quit trying to be the general manager, superstar player, because you can't put a good team together. It don't work out. It hadn't worked yet. It really and truly. I mean, uh, it takes great sacrifice for it to work. I can't say it hadn't worked. I mean, LeBron and, and Chris Bosh and Wade. Of course, they didn't get the night four, night five, night six, all the ones they were counting off. They didn't get but two, I believe. Uh, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and um, Paul Pierce only got one. Um, I can't think of any other super team because I'm going off the top of my head. And when I say super teams, the ones that got together and did a big three. I'm not talking about like Golden State. A lot of people think they were put together. They were drafted. So that's different. They were all drafted. They not considered a super team, and when they did, they just added Durant. He was the only one on their team that was addition without being drafted. So it's all good. But 
that's all I got on the first round of the playoffs. Um, get out of here and take a commercial break, and I'll be back with you shortly. Peace. Yo, 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 yo. When I got the urge to podcast, I didn't know where to turn. There were many platforms, but the easiest to use with more visibility than others was the Anchor app. It's simple, it's easy, and it's very user-friendly. I tell all my podcasters to use Anchor. If you have a desire but do not know how to get started, try Anchor. It will get you heard. Visit anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. Get started today. It's free. Peace. Then push it along. You'll be a fool to revive the fight who's not the man. Cause you know, and I know that you know who I am. A special shout out piece goes out to all my pouches, see? And a middle finger goes for all you punk MCs. Cause I love it when you whack MCs despise me. They get vexed, I'm all next to none contest me. I'm just a plot MC who's. Yo, 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 welcome back. Now we're gonna dig into, talk about, um, Kyrie Irving got a recently got fined $50,000 for obscene gesture to the fans. Um, and, you know, I try to do informative things on my show sometimes and kind of give you guys some uh, things you didn't thought of or somebody may not know. So let's just, Kyrie Irving got fined $50,000 for throwing middle fingers and things like that to the Boston crowd. So you wonder, does $50,000 hurt Kyrie Irving? And where does that money go? Well, first of all, the money goes, they split it between the collective bargaining agreement. Due, due to the collective bargaining agreement, it's split between the national, the NBPA, basically, the National Basketball Players Association, and it's to the league. So 25000 going to go to the league and 25000 going to go to uh, the association, which in turns forward that money to a charity. Um. It should be to a charity of the players choosing. But I guess I can see why it wouldn't because, you know, at least they need to have an open book on exactly what charity is going to. So they'll know, and that's fair. But let's just get into the salary, though. And I didn't realize this doing my research. But, you know, Kyrie is Irving. And remember, this is an 82-game season starting in – November all the way to June if you make it to the championship. So it's not a full 12 months. Uh, Kyrie Irving makes $33.3 million for playing basketball. Um, that translates to he makes $671,000 a week. That's $95,000 per day. That's $3,000 per minute, per hour, $66 per minute, and he make $1 every second. Oh, my gosh. And if you divide that by the games played, that's 425000 per game. He gets $425,000 per game. 
Unbelievable. Wow. If you didn't hear me, for those that weren't listening, Kyrie Irving makes just under $34 million to play basketball. And that's Kyrie Irving. Um, that's $671,000 a week. That's $95,000 per day. And I'm rounding. That's $4,000 per hour. He makes $66 every minute of a day. $1 every second of a day. That's $425,807. Wow. I mean, it just blew me away when I looked at that. Man, just just think about that. Uh, I mean, I think Kevin Durant is... Um, 46,000, 40,000, I mean, excuse me, he makes 40,000, so that's, uh, uh, man, I just, wow, Steph Curry, 45 million, James Harden, 44 million, Westbrook, 44 million, LeBron James makes 41 million, and, um, it's unbelievable, you know, um, so when you see that these guys getting fined, uh, what seems like an ungodly amount to you, what is it to them, you know? What is $50,000 to Kyrie Irving if he's making $425,000 per game, if he's making $66 an hour, you know, if he's making a, um, a dollar a minute? <laughs> Unbelievable. Just think about it, man. That's crazy money. I don't understand... You know, the TV deal, I know high concessions, I guess, when you buy a high-ass hot dog from the stadium, I guess that's, I don't know, wow. It makes you not want to go to a game because, you know, all that stuff costs. That's why the tickets are so high, especially for football. But that's why the tickets are so high, man. These guys are making an unbelievable amount of money to be entertainers. And this is where I stand on that. Fan which is not a secret to anybody, it's short for a fanatic. And we love our teams, whoever they may be, whether it be your Cowboys or whatever. I love the Broncos, you know. I'll put anybody that put on that Broncos color, that orange and blue, I'm, I'm pulling for them. As soon as they leave, I'm over. I'm done with them. I don't care about them. And, that's what, and these pros got to understand. And Kevin Durant gave an interview the other day, and he was so – open about that how we're a part of their they're a part of our lives the average joe blow that go watch the watch these games and participate these guys become part of our family we brag about them we go grab a jersey out the closet that we're gonna spend a hundred dollars on or less and throw it on and you know want to be like mike's if you will back you know back in the day but we just enjoy watching the spectacle of sport and, it, and it's so weird because it's no, no matter where you go, what country, if it's Australia, it's rugby. If it's England, it's soccer. If it's Ireland, it's golf. If it's Australia, it's boat racing, whatever it is they do. Or India, they do cricket. So um, wherever it is, the stadiums are full for whatever sport is native to your country, you know. And it's just unbelievable the amount of money that it generates. And... I don't know 
other than I think the only thing you can do to these guys to hurt them if you start suspending them and taking a game check. But the problem with that, then now you digging into TV money, and that affects their bottom line. So TV money, the TV don't want you to suffer or they don't want, they don't want to lose viewers because Kyrie Irving got suspended for a TV game. I guess they can manipulate it to where they suspend him for a game that's not televised or something like that. I guess they could do that. And I, I keep saying his name because he's he's the one that just got recently fined, but anybody that get fined, you know, typically is not your stars, typically. And I throw in my air quotes, but you know, that was undeniable. But they gotta understand we 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 got a passion for our cities, our teams, whichever way it is. We got passion for those for for that. And so, if you come in talking crap, and and especially if you're beating us, we're gonna talk crap about it. We're gonna talk crap back at you. We're gonna heckle you to death. We're gonna get loud, try to make you make free throws. Especially if we know we're getting into your head. Especially, you remember that guy about I don't know back when Jordan was playing used to go to the Washington Wizards. He he got famous for heckling. He used to look up things on them and be heckling personal stuff to these guys. But you never you heard altercations, but they wasn't as sensitive and and just, you know, just discombobulated by him doing all this crazy antics. I mean, he used to do weird stuff and he used to he bought season tickets right behind the visitors team's bench and he would light them up the whole game. Oh, uh, man, I can't remember. I, of course, I don't know his name, but he was real popular for doing that. that. I mean, the cameras was on him all the time. And so, I don't know. But the in, these NBA players, man, they got to get a more tough when it comes – understand what it's about. You know, James Harden with his hamstring when he, when he gets his feelings hurt. Ben Simmons, he's suing the Sixers. His job is to play basketball. He admittedly can't play basketball, so he's suing them for the twenty million that they held from him because he couldn't play the basketball. How that now? How does that make sense? And Ben Simmons turned out to be a doggone basket case, you know. But that's another—I don't know—that's another topic. I don't want to get the mental health people all in a tizzy over that. I'm not trying to get them upset. I'm just saying. Bottom line is. What does what what would you do if you're the NFL or NBA commissioner, and these guys making two or three times your salary? How can you how can you find them? I mean, nobody wants to give up fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. I I get it. Nobody wants to. But does it really hurt them? You know, that's it's crazy. I mean, if I'm making it, I'm gonna say it's gonna hurt me. But I'm making four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars per game. Roughly six hundred and seventy-one thousand dollars a week, and you punishing me fifty dollars, fifty thousand. So that means I'm gonna make six twenty that week. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. I don't get it. Shit, I wish I could. Just find me the. I'll take the fifty thousand. You know, just give it. Give it. I'm charity here. Hand it to me. Shit, I can use it. I don't know, but just you know, like I said, I know this is not a interactive show yet i'm working on it trying to decide what i want to do with that but just think about it i want to give you things to think about just think about what you're doing with your career where you're at in life and just understand that career urban is making a dollar a second 66 dollars an hour 
you know, $475,000 a game, roughly about $675,000 a week. And these professional sports get paid every week. So every time their doggone deposit, direct deposit hit, he's getting 675000 in his direct deposit when it's payday. What are you getting in your direct deposit when it's payday? Hmm. <laughs> like Arsenio said, things that make you go, hmm, just think about that for a second. That is very, very, very interesting. Hmm. But anyway, that's all I got on that. Um, we'll uh, take a break, and I'll come back and do our, do my last segment. Peace. Okay, we're back. This uh, last segment, we're going to get into, we're about eight or nine days away uh, till we have the NFL draft. And it's very interesting. And one of the things that's interesting me about this, about the NFL, it's been turned into two, it's two ways now that people are building a team. They either trade in all their draft capital hoarding picks and getting a good player, a proven player, and trying to build it that way. Or they hope they can catch that diamond in the rough pick. Or not not necessarily diamond in the rough, uh, like a Jamar Chase that come went to Cincinnati, somebody that's already pro-ready, if they can hit on one of those. But the, the days of building these prospects up and all that, that's just about over, man. And... And what's sad, unfortunately, is the Dallas Cowboys are stuck in that mindset. They still and Dallas hit on the draft. I mean, Michael Parsons, that was a that was a good that was a damn good draft pick. I I, I have to admit. But where where is there the other one draft picks at? You know, they bring them on too slow, or you know, just collecting draft capital that's the old model and building your team through draft picks they're not doing that anymore and dallas is getting left behind with this old mentality and old way of thinking the rams seem so modern look at los angeles ram how modern they seem they made a decision they've realized that the quarterback they had jerry Goff, wasn't going to get get them to where they needed to go so they went out and traded for matt stafford got him a super bowl Tampa Bay, Romance Tom Brady. Then they went out and got Leonard Fournette. They just kept getting people to build the team. Not about draft picks. They built established players. What does that do? One, that's instant gratification. Because it's a double-edged sword. I get it. You win your Super Bowl. You may can get you may can keep them and win two Super Bowls. But at some point you gotta pay them. But during that season, you guarantee asses and seats for the whole season. 
sold out stadiums sold out stadiums man just crazy crazy money coming in playoff money tv revenue money and you may get the super bowl out of the deal which is the holy grail that's what every nfl team nfl franchise is shooting for at least it looks like that's what every team is shooting for because the jets the jaguars uh don't look like you're shooting for that right you got teams that's floating there in the in the mediocrity line right there they just kind of floating right there at the mendoza line you know just floating but you got teams that's really out there trying to take a bite at the apple and if you don't have a quarterback right now your team sucks i can just tell you that right now i don't even know who your team is they suck if you don't have a quarterback and i was in that boat last year and the quarterback we got may suck but the thing about it is as we stand right now my team the Denver broncos have hope and that's what that's what it was about going to get russell wilson is give us some hope and even the cowboys with Dak prescott they got hope because he's a serviceable quarterback he's a good quarterback the new york giants don't have any hope if you're a giants fan there's no hope there there's no hope in Carolina if you're a Carolina Panther fan. There's no hope in Detroit. There's no hope in Atlanta. You got to have quarterbacks. Green Bay got hope. Tampa Bay got hope. Buffalo got hope. Cincinnati got hope. Kansas City got hope. Denver got hope. The Chargers got hope. The Rams got hope. Even the 49ers, they don't have hope. Jimmy Garoppolo has proven that he can't win the big games for you. And Trey Lance has only played 16 games college and pro combined so you don't know what you got with him you don't know justin fields looked good in college but he looked a little shaky last year they say it was coaching Tua got more weapons than a damn military unit what is he gonna do with them we'll find out but at least miami got hope you it's all about having hope and if you're trying to do it through the draft it just takes too long in this microwave society that we're in. We got microwave popcorn. We got drive through. Even the drive through have gotten quicker. You got people that meet you out there, damn near on the road, taking your order. So by the time you get to the window, you get in your second, you gone. So everything is the fast pace and sped up. And we don't want to draft the project no more. We want to draft the finished product and get on the field and let's win a championship or let's get close. Let's get to the playoffs. Let's build toward where we just a piece or two away from winning it. But Dallas still building through the draft. They hadn't went out and signed out one free agent this year. Think about that. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're seeing all these guys flying around. You just – Today just broke the news. Debo Samuel, the one that ran all over the Cowboys for the 49ers, requested a trade because they didn't want to pay him. The Cowboys should be on the phone with that dude right now trying to figure out a way to get him. We don't care what he, what he said or what San Francisco said. He said he, wanna, he wants a trade so they let you know he's out there in the market. If somebody can come up with a good deal for him, if I'm the Cowboys – I mean, I'm not, like they say on TV, I'm not getting off the phone so I get a deal with San Francisco to figure out how can I get Debo Samuel. But ask yourself, when has the Cowboys made a splash? Even the, you go all the way back when they won 26, seven years ago. I mean, they drafted Aikman. They drafted Irvin. They drafted Emmitt Smith. They drafted those guys. Keep coming. When, when has they, when have they 
I mean, they went out and got a Terrell Owens when he was, you know, doing with his Deion Sanders, but he was part of their championship squad. But T.O., I mean, they drafted Des Bryant. I mean, I'm just trying to think. They ha- That's not their model to bring in. If you really look at it, they really don't bring in players. You know, they, they like to keep people. They want people to fit a certain system, their system, but they don't want to bring anybody in with talent and got their own ideas. I don't know. Just think of the elevation. Not that they need him, but I'm just throwing it out there. What if they would have went got an Odell Beckham? How would that offense look? How much different would the Cowboy offense look with Odell Beckham when he was available running across your slot? Because who is the Cowboy slot receivers? This, you know, you can't say C.D. Lamb at every position. He can't play the X, Y, and Z. They try to say, we got C.D. Lamb. You got Michael, Michael Gallup. He Michael Gallup only plays. He plays six games a year. Excuse me. So you can't depend on that. He's don't have he got durability issues. So uh, um I just don't know. I don't understand why why these teams don't bite the bullet and, and take a bite at the apple and go get you some players that's out there, you know. Especially a team that's like the Saints or the Jets. You need to make a move, man. You gotta make it now and you gotta make a splash. Um, the best example I can give is look what Cleveland Browns did. Deshaun Watson came out and said, uh, he's, it's between New Orleans and it's between Atlanta. That's where those are the two teams I'm going to go to. Cleveland said, okay, hold my beer. i tell you what we'll do. We'll guarantee every bit of the $230 million. Shit, he had a U-Haul in front of his house in Houston. It was already in Cleveland before you know it. He walked in today at the training camp or the OTAs, the voluntary workout. It's snowing like a mug in Cleveland. He was he was there at the workout. But $230 million guaranteed, shit, I'd be there too. I don't care if the team's in Alaska. I'm on my way. But that's what you got to do to make a splash, to give your fan base hope to put asses in seats because – no matter what you think, everything we do in this world is to make money. And that's what the owners are trying to do. And if they got a full stadium, they making money. And that was a good idea, a good move to just give up the farm to get what you need to get to add the, the key ingredient to it. <coughs> you got to add that key ingredient to make it right. And Deshaun Watson was the mix. That's the, the ingredient that they need to make it just right. And so they, they paid what they whatever they needed to pay to get it. That's what you got to do. And that's what I feel it's all about is giving you franchise hope. These draft picks and overrated. You know, I was a huge Jerry Judy fan coming out of Alabama, man. I'm talking about potential Jerry Judy. We got Jerry Judy, man. He got more drops in a little bit. I I hadn't seen it. I mean, we'll see this year what he looks like with Russell Wilson. But this is his year. If it if it don't happen this year, he got to go. You know, I like KJ Hamler, who hurt his hamstring or his MCL last year, out of Penn State. But my point is, I'd rather get a proven receiver with a proven quarterback. And here we go. Let's go get it. That's what I would rather do. But you know, what do you guys think? Uh, I, and I only bring up the Cowboys because I'm in the Cowboys market. The, mo- mo- the most people that listen to my podcast are Cowboy fans, so I, I kind of cater to them a little bit. Uh, I'm not a Cowboy fan, I admit, but 
I cater to them a little bit. So, anyway, that's this week's show. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any comments, uh, you can email me at fspeaking04 at gmail.com. That's fspeaking04 at gmail.com. Um, I appreciate all the guys and gals that listen, man. I, I, I'm really, I'm really blessed. I get positive feedback every week uh, from nuggets that people probably didn't think about or didn't know or got their own suggestions or comments or, or their thoughts on what I said. Some people argue with me. I got a cousin in Arkansas. Um, he argued with me. My uh, little brother questioned some of my thoughts. He's a Cowboy fan, you know, so it's it's good. It's good to get the, the banter going. I appreciate it. Uh, before I get out of here, you know, I'm going to leave you with my quote for the week. Um, this quote here is from an unnamed source, but here it goes. God doesn't give the hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. He create the toughest soldiers through life's hardest battles. God doesn't give the hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. He creates the toughest soldiers through life's hardest battles. That's all I got for this week. I'll see you next week. We'll continue to talk about the playoffs and talk about more about the draft. We'll get a little bit more uh, specific with the draft. And see you later. Peace.